0: i'm tate frazier and as always i am joined by the kid bj armstrong and today on election day we have a very special guest a friend of the program we should say host of sirius xm radio's nba stuff and also a co-host of let technical we've had bonzi and sheet on it was only right we'd have gerald on and uh, gerald brown the original gerald brown thank you for coming on the show
1: i appreciate it thank you for having me Thank you for having me. I finally got the call. Yes, it like yes. it was a mail-in ballot. I was looking a mail-in ballot.
2: <laughs> it's cleared. Well, I'm glad my guy's coming in. He he, he he's more than a friend. He's family. Family on the show. What's going on? Tell us what's going on in the sports world. Take us uh, take us around. It. Let's start with let's start off with your Buccaneers first. Yep. You know we know you are a big Buccaneers fan. <laughs> what y'all six and two right now, you feeling good? You got Brady. Uh, you know, yeah. you, win on, you win on Monday night. So I'm gonna I'm shut up right now and uh, let you tell us about those Buccaneers because you are a serious, serious fan.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you mentioning that. And uh, yesterday, <laughs> actually that Monday night football game was really a testament of the impact Tom Brady has had on that franchise. And, you know, BJ, you can speak to the fact is when you play with a player that has the it factor, kind of like that greatness, it it, it permeates throughout the whole organization. And that's been the case for Tom Brady, where in the past, I've often said, I didn't really know if he was a product of the system that Bill Belichick had implemented in New England, and just really a product of that. So I understood the move, that was a straight business move for the Glazier family who owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and bringing them in, it's gonna bring in some revenue. Also, they have the Super Bowl there. But what he's been able to do in these eight games, minus a preseason, it, it is unbelievable. Because, I mean, it, it's, it's on both sides of the ball, from even down to the equipment managers and even the staff, it's a level of focus and preparation that now you're seeing it pay off in a big ways for the Buccaneers. And yeah, they're 6-2 for the first time since 2002. Oh, by the way. They won a Super Bowl game. (laughs) Super Bowl at 2002. So, again, when you get six six and two in eight games, that speaks volumes. But I'm very, very excited. And uh, it's unfortunate that we're going through a pandemic and, you know, really can't be out there to be at some of these games and stuff. Uh, But nevertheless, it's great to see them finally having this sort of uh, their day in the sun.
0: Is it one of those things, Gerald? I mean, you've seen uh, obviously Antonio Brown's coming back this week, so that'll be another addition. You know, Gronkowski's had a great year with the Buccaneers. And then you got the pundits now. I saw Stephen A. Smith came out and he picked uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl. Colin Coward same sort of deal. He's picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Would you rather be under the radar? It, it seems like it's more fun to be under the radar. You guys already are the favorites, it seems.
1: Well, I think that's the level of the expectation. and let's be honest, you know, I don't think with Tom Brady there you know you're running from those expectations because mm. I know the fact is with a player of his magnitude he's going to be held he's holding guys accountable to say, okay, this is the expectation. The bar has been risen. So now when you come into work and come into practice, you know what it takes to get it done. And this is where it begins. And I think that's always been the narrative with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and with a lot of franchises that really struggle in learning how to win in terms of having the right people in place. That again, when things go right during the course, of you, you can have a great workout and great practice but being able to have it translate onto the game situation, you know, your work is not in vain. And that's been the case with this year for this franchise knowing that again, if we work hard in practice, we're starting to see the results. And that was the case in week eight for them against the Giants.
2: Mm. You know, Juro, and, and you know, you work in the media, you play close attention to everything that's being said. What is the narrative now? Was it Belichick or was it Brady? now that we're halfway through this season well
1: I think you and I have had conversations don't don't
2: dance around it either don't (laughs) dance
1: (laughs) it's clearly Brady I mean you know look you play with Michael Jordan he had that it factor in terms of you know the commanding the attention and I don't know I mean again I'm on the outside looking in but I think the fact is is that A person's work ethic, the way they carry themselves, and the expectations are now in a situation where you're holding all your teammates accountable, and this is how we prepare ourselves. And I mean, again, Brady clearly shows that it was perhaps the other way around. Belichick needed Brady as opposed to Brady needing Belichick because of the success. And just, again, in some regard, I'm not going to totally dismiss Bill Belichick, but I think the teacher taught, and now the teach the pupil has become now the teacher, and he's gone off to be able to educate and teach the other teams, I, i.e. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, I always say that about franchises that struggle to lose. You know, I'm up here in the tri-state area, and it's a travesty what's going on with the New York Jets as well as the Giants. And when you have organizations, i.e. Detroit Lions, I'm sorry,
2: BJ. Wait a minute.
1: No, we're not struggling. We not struggling. We we don't struggle. Okay. This is just what we do. BJ, <laughs> if, if y'all win on Thanksgiving Day, that is called a successful season. Yeah, so hey, let's hey, stop it. Hey, All hey, right? y'all went on hey, Thanksgiving Day. We the only day.
2: one that can talk. If you're not a Lions fan, we can't let you talk well, about it. I don't us. hold that
1: against anybody. That's right. I have sanity. But again, I'm not going to look at that situation, but You look at franchises that struggle to have success and be able to capitalize on it, and it always comes down to some of the determining factors is having the people in place to learn and teach other players how to win. And especially, you gotta have things go right during the course of the season, certain games, because, you know, when you win, That kind of the morale and everybody feels good and you know that you're working hard towards something you don't notice those situations with teams like the Patriots in past definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers so I I think it speaks volumes and BJ I'm sorry you're Detroit Lions in that situation where you have two players that are pretty much all-time greats actually decided that they wanted out they gave money back to get out of Detroit Calvin (laughs) Johnson and the great Barry
2: don't you be talking about my. I'm mind. just saying. I'm just telling you. do be yeah, Hey, 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 come hey, on, man. We don't struggle up there. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. Scratching yeah. and surviving. That's what they're hey, doing. Hey, every yeah. week, exactly. we fight. Every week, we fighting up there. <laughs>
0: it, it, it is an interesting point that you bring up, though. Tom Brady, we saw in the last dance, you know, the Jerry Krause, Michael Jordan angst came around. The idea of organization versus player. And you, you we kind of – BJ and I talk about with Tim Duncan and Gre- Greg Popovich. You know, Tim Duncan leaves, and you see what Greg Popovich is after the fact, and he's having to figure it out on his own. Same with Bill Belichick now with Tom Brady. And I think that just speaks volume to there's a certain caliber of player that can lead and be a a difference maker. Like you said, the it factor. So that's something else uh, that that's been an interesting narrative because Popovich and Belichick for the past 10 years, those are the guys that people point to and say they are the best coaches in the profession. Right. And now they're dealing with the backside of not having a a premium talent on their roster.
1: Yeah. And you think about it also, that's a great point you bring up, in regards to the fact is that a lot of the times, you know, a good friend of mine is always telling me about the ego and mm. seeing how the mm-hmm. ego can come in play and really, really take control of situations. And, you know, again, you from the outside looking in, you kind of felt that perhaps was the narrative with the Bulls and Jerry Krause feeling like he didn't get his just due. Yeah. And let's take it a step further. You just mentioned about the whole situation. And granted, it wasn't as bad in terms of with San Antonio with Duncan and Popovich, but also another one in in regards to the Dallas Cowboys between Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, where, again, winning at times, you want, you want, obviously, there comes a situation where the ego feels like certain individuals don't want to get overlooked, and perhaps that might have been the case in New England. Uh, Maybe we'll know somewhere later on down the line. But uh, conventional wisdom would say that probably had played a role in it. So it's really surprising when you have success, that ego comes out and really gets in the way sometimes of something magical and special.
2: Mm. So, Drew, you know, and, and, and listening to you talk here, we're, we're going to assume that your pick, the Bucks, <laughs> will represent in the NFC, right?
1: I don't know. You know, it, it, You know, one thing I learned about their last game against the uh, New York Giants is the fact is that uh, the old narrative and the cliche is on any given Sunday. You just never know. Uh, things but you're feeling
2: happen. good about your chances, though. You believe
1: You're feeling, feeling good about great. your chances every week. Yeah. I'm feeling great about them because I think at this time of the year, you're always looking in a situation where can we perhaps maybe slip up and get a wild card and you know, the way things are shaking out because of the pandemic, they're looking like they're possibly going to add another playoff team. So taking that, that 12 to now 14, but possibly the 18 teams. So there's a, a, a bigger pool to get into the playoffs. But uh, we're just taking it. I'm taking a game by game. He, 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 and I'm hoping that, uh. well, I feel like, hey, I can put my helmet on. I feel like <laughs> I still feel like s- I can do something. Run I out wanted, there and do the T after they kick off. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> to, to ask you.
2: <laughs> I wanted to ask you last week in the AFC, you had the Steelers and the Ravens. Mm. Who's coming on the other side?
0: Also got the chiefs in the AFC.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's who's Rasheed, coming. Now you Rasheed
0: would be guy. upset if we didn't yes. mention the chiefs. So we have to mention the chiefs.
1: Oh, well, you know, one thing that think about it this way there's two things. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs, it took 50 years for them to finally get a Super Bowl a Super Bowl victory. And mm-hmm. they, they had the great Joe Montana, Marcus Allen. They kind of did what what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing now in terms of going all in and bringing these sort of veteran pieces. And we know how that turned out. And now to get one, and now the expectation is to get back. I don't know. You know, you just never know. I mean, nobody thought that Las Vegas Raiders would be able to go into their house and beat them handily. So it's not a surprise now, and I think perhaps on the defensive side of the ball, that's still certain areas that I think could be a problem for the Kansas City Chiefs. And also, let's go back a step further in that AFC Championship game. For all intents and purposes, Tennessee Titans came in there, punched them in the mouth, yep. and really caught them. It just uh, a lucky draw, and luck still happened, but worked in the way in the favor of. The, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they were able to pull out that victory. But then when you talk about the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, believe it or not, guys, the history, we know about the tradition of the steel curtain, the, you know, the yellow towels and all the things that's associate, associated with the Steelers, their greatness. This is the first time ever in their history They've been seven and zero, and that was kind of surprising to me because the fact is, like I said before, their history. But then you start to delve into their schedule and their season thus far, and between the teams that they've played in all seven games, the teams that they beat obviously have a combined record of twenty three and twenty eight. Now that isn't something to really say, "Oh, okay." But if you look at a couple of games, they had a lot of luck that played in their in their favor i.e. the whole situation with Baltimore Ravens coming down to a last second or two plays. Uh, you had the missed field goal in the Tennessee Titans game. So out of the seven victories, I would say two of those victories were sure by wins. But still, that builds character for this team. But I think the expectation is always about not only for the Steelers making the playoffs, but winning the Super Bowl. So I don't know just yet. Still a little concerns. But that, that 7-0, to me, honestly, is a little deceiving.
0: Yeah, I, I do think that, at least in, in the sense of the Steelers being in 7 0 in that historical moment, Mike Tomlin's probably going to be a Coach of the Year nominee, which is great to see. You know, love Coach Tomlin. So he's always been uh, a guy to point to and has had that consistency with the Steelers. Can we pivot, BJ, to basketball? Because I think the football we have. we, have, we... <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the person, the shimmy shake that we need to get here. There's a lot more questions on the NBA side, Gerald. And obviously, you talk about the NBA on serious, like I mentioned at the top of the show what are the big bj asked before what are the big narratives what are the big headlines we got the nba draft coming up you know we've gotten some rumor mill out of that but what are people talking about is it all cba talk what's going on in the world of the nba i
1: I think that you know the sort of narrative is that you know people are not really focusing on the fact is that there is a real serious issue that's taking place and Each and every single waiting moment, second, it's pushing it closer and closer up to that deadline in terms of if the season's going to start uh, in December, if not in January, all those things. And, I mean, it doesn't look good. And I I just think that the biggest thing is I'm curious to see how it plays out in terms of if it doesn't start uh, around Christmas and they try to push it back to January because of the lost revenue. Does that become a situation where now the bargaining further continues and thus maybe not even starting around the player association uh, date that they wanted to? Um, If it starts around Christmas, what what is the free agency period going to look like? You're going to have a draft that essentially, and I mean, again, you you just have all these different policies in place. But, you know, how in football and, you know, they have these NFL shows uh, in regards to free agency where guys get to a team and they don't leave out of the building until they get a deal in place. Well, the way this thing is playing out, we could potentially have a situation. And, I mean, again, it's which we're thinking. But if a player, a free agent, he was only going to go and visit teams that he has a real strong interest in signing. And if he signs with a team, He's pretty much saying, hey, it doesn't make sense for me to go home because if we're trying to start the season uh, around Christmas, you're going to have training camp. Yeah. All those things are going to be factored in. So we're going to see an accelerated free agency process along with the draft. So those are the things that are starting to try to figure out how this is going to play out. But each and every single day as it, it continues on and it passes by, it's starting to look very, very bleak and grim in terms of possibly having to start around Christmas. You, you
2: know, Drew, you make some some great points, and I want to ask you about the draft prior to free agency, right? seems like the draft this year has kind of gotten lost, and what are you hearing about the draft? Some of the names, who's going to be number one pick? I know you always got your ear to the street, and uh, – <laughs> what you hear and i hear in the nba draft this year i mean it's kind of gotten lost i mean we haven't heard much about the draft the cba has dominated the headlines free agency mm-hmm. when the season's going to start but what about these young kids who unfortunately haven't had an opportunity to play summer league they don't have an opportunity to visit teams it's been a very unusual situation to say the least for the entire year not just this draft class but for everyone well, what are you hearing, Gerald, and what can you uh, tell us about uh, this upcoming draft?
1: Well, i tell you this. Hey, Tate, have you ever been to New York and yep. walked around in some of the midtown area or yep. maybe around the wintertime or even in the summertime? Yeah. You ever, they used to have this thing called 3 card molly,
2: you know, with the cards <laughs> and stuff like that on the cardboard.
1: Yeah. I look at the draft kind of like that because like <laughs> you know, Minnesota is putting out there that they don't have nobody definitively that they're going to identify as a number one overall pick. Yeah. They're still trying to bring players in. And I think that honestly, and like BJ, you just hit it right on the head in terms of the unique situation that we're in because of this pandemic. It seems like the draft, it, it's, it's been lost in trend. It's been lost in this whole equation because we got the pandemic. We mm-hmm. got college football. we got college, uh, We got college football, pro football. You know, we just finished up with basketball and Major League Baseball. The Masters that, is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like so much that's going on that it's like, if you think about it, we're focused already on the next incoming season whenever that's going to start. And I just think also twofold: fall, this draft doesn't have a kind of marquee guy, if you will. It doesn't have a guy like if you had last year Zion Williamson that you're focusing on and like oh my God he's gonna go to this team he's gonna go to that team uh, you know we can't wait to see him with New Orleans so this year it, it poses a lot of intrigue but I think it's just unfortunate that because of everything that's going on this draft will get lost in somewhat and everything that's going on but uh you, you know it, it's can you go wrong with a young man like Jonathan Wiseman? Uh, Anthony uh, Edwards seems like been a guy that again has been a topic of discussion. Cole Anthony uh, has the ties to New York City with his dad. Greg Anthony Mm -hmm. playing for the Knicks among other teams and then it's just a wide open draft but I think the biggest thing with this draft and NBA fans is proceed with caution because honestly whenever the league starts uh, I, I don't think that you're going to be able to sit back and say that these players are looked upon to contribute uh, anytime soon, simply because of the fact is that, you know, again, the process has been delayed. And you think about a young man like Jonathan Wiseman, who hasn't played competitive basketball well into sometime in November or so. So it's almost a year removed for him from yep. playing a lot of competitive basketball. And then a lot of the other players had stopped around March. And so, because of the pandemic. So, any of those young players that get out there, they're going to take some time. But I think, honestly, You know, Golden State is the one that gets between Golden State and Minnesota. It'll be very interesting. I'm looking at to see exactly who Golden State will take to kind of fit in that situation and hopefully bring them along because, again, the expectation level will be low for them.
0: And is there any, you know, you brought up the Knicks and you brought up Cole Anthony. Is there any, you know, the Knicks are obviously not at the top of this draft, but is there any hope that the Knicks fans have this year in the draft that they can look at one guy and say, you know, maybe an R.J. Hampton, that's a name I've seen that's been thrown out by some people that he may move off some draft boards. Is there, is there anyone that moves the needle in MSG because it feels like they need it?
1: LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> Make it me the answer. He's the answer for everything, you know? <laughs> It's, it's, it's a very sad situation. You know, uh, last year or so when the Knicks had the high picks, they were really selling out, selling out a lot of hope in terms of thinking they were going to get a top pick and things of that nature. And it just hasn't worked out. Once again, that changes a lot of the front office moves. Um, I think this draft for the Knicks is perhaps trying to draft depth. You know, I don't know if bringing in a young man like Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton and stuff. The, those type of players, I think. If honestly, if there was a way, in my humble opinion, if I was the GM for the for the Knicks, uh, it was try to trade the pick to bring in somebody to be able to support that cast that they have because right now they're lacking an identity. You know, it's a lot of young pieces and stuff, and they're just trying to do something to sort of renew the interest and enthusiasm of the of the you know fan base. So. I, it's, I don't know. I mean, R.J. Hampton would be a good player, Cole Anthony. But, again, what would be the expectation? Would you be able to allow those players, you know, both of those individuals, you know, Hampton playing overseas in Australia, Cole Anthony dealt with a lot of injuries and, and with North Carolina, and they yeah. really struggled. What would you be there? What would be the expectation for them uh, if they were with the Knicks? I know a lot of Knicks fans would expect them to be out there from day one, and that's just not the case. You can't do that, especially yeah, you know. situation.
2: Uh, you yep. know, Drew, I, I can't let you just talk about the Knicks and not talk about Brooklyn. Brooklyn has t- not one, but two players that will be coming back healthy, hopefully, this year, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. With those two players comes the expectations. What are you hearing about uh, Brooklyn? Nets. Well,
1: I, I mean, you know, kudos to the Nets and their organization and management in regards to, again, trying to take the back pages of the New York newspapers away from the Knicks. I mean, yes, they they won the sort of deal with Kevin Durant and having Kyrie Irving, um, but now adding Steve Nash and him assembling its Phoenix Suns crew, minus Jock Vaughn and Emmy Udoka together and stuff. Look, they're expected to come out and they have aspirations of winning a championship uh, but, you know, again, BJ, you can attest to this. Uh, championships are not won on paper. So the biggest question is first of all, when the season's going to start. Second of all, how much rust will, uh, will a guy like Kyrie Irving and as well as Kevin Durant show? And do whatever other, what other pieces do they need? You know, it seems like they're perhaps going to need a little bit more up front with DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen and stuff. So how this team will mesh with Durant and Irving along with the other pieces that have already been, Karis LeBert, Spencer Dinwiddie, that remains to be seen. But um, I think that you have to really say that they're perhaps one of those teams' uh, favorites to be uh, competitive in the East and perhaps maybe contend to come out of the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah, we even had pundits coming out saying, I think it was Max Kellerman, that if Kevin Durant was able to win a championship in Brooklyn, he would be in the GOAT debate. So you, no. have, the, you have those narratives that are being put out to the world. So like you said, <laughs> Brooklyn Brooklyn's taking the headlines away from the Knicks, or at least they're attempting to. And that's uh, that's a fascinating thing. It's kind of what the Clippers were trying to do in L.A. with the Lakers uh, at some level. But again, LeBron James came to town and L.A. was saved. Uh, so New York does not get the the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, Gerald, we need to talk about what you actually came on the show to talk about which is BJ's hip-hop song of the day uh his pushing playlist he's been putting together on Twitter uh <laughs> BJ d- do you have a song to share with the people uh,
2: I I I I can't share it with the people right now oh, okay well you know what I can't you know what I can't I can't you know what I, I you know what I was going to surprise Gerald and uh, with this song but I'm gonna let Gerald know so soon as we Finish up the podcast. Oh, come on, DJ. Hey, how do you deal with
1: this tape? No, 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 I'm I'm about to tell you. you, I'm about to tell you. I'm about
2: to tell you the song of the day. You know, drum roll, please. You know, they got to have a drum roll, because Gerald's about to go crazy when I tell him this song. Minus drum roll. Wait a minute. Let me look around. Make sure nobody (laughs) listening. (laughs) Eric B for president. (laughs) 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 <laughs> don't tell nobody don't you it will be immediately going up following this yeah. podcast yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh going, man hey, hey you gotta put that up i, I got it I, you it. got to you have to put that up because that is the timing. Is so uh, that's amazing, right there. You, 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 you hit it right on the head. You Ooh,
2: do it. You say, <laughs> Gerald is a hip hop connoisseur. Yep, this man is Mr. Boom Bap. He <laughs> is stuck in the eighties and the nineties. He's stuck there. He ain't coming out, Gerald. Just give us a little hip. Give us a hip hop lesson. You know, give us give us your from Harlem. You know what I mean? Big L. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Big L. Diddy, Harlem, the Harlem. <laughs> Harlem shaking on him. You know, yeah. the Harlem Shaking. <laughs> <laughs> give us give us that story that connected you with hip
1: hop. I think I mean, you know, it's so funny because um Born, I was born in Harlem, in Harlem, New York, Harlem Hospital, but also uh, spent a time and was raised. Some spent some time up in the Bronx, and I used to live across the street from this park, and I thought that was just like the playland. It was kind of like when I was probably about seven, eight years old, and I remember, you know, people would sit outside across the street. Playing the drums, the Kungas, and just making music. But I also recall that at night, there would be certain times where guys would get the the metal trash cans with the holes in them, flip them over, you get a plate of some wood, and then they would tap into the the lights, the light poles and stuff, and they would put off the turntables. And then all of a sudden, with their speakers, you had music. And it was something that all of a sudden, this community came together, it was festive, they were dancing, and then all of a sudden you always had the light from the DJ, he was sitting there, and then all of a sudden there was a microphone. So I just always <laughs> felt in love with that. But then as I got older and stuff, it was understanding the Hill Gang, what really resonated with me was uh, Slick Lake, you know, children's stories, the, you know- Rick like the Ruler. And then I could recall when I was living in Harlem in the 80s, when Eric B, you know, Rock Kim came out, you know, having buddies of mine from the neighborhood having the boom box and stuff and just walk around with a <laughs> boom box, you know, <laughs> walking around with a five, with a five-pound boom box, playing that music nice <laughs> and loud. And it was just something about, you know, that hip hop sound. And, you know, I always kid BJ because I, I, I never met somebody, you know how you meet somebody and you you sit back, you think, you know didn't understand and think that BJ was a person that he is a true hip hop connoisseur where this guy digs into the crates and his ear is amazing in terms when it comes to music. So I'm always learning from him, but always in its essence talking to him about sort of hip hop and everything. And he's a lyricist. I love the beat because that's (laughs) remember I used to tell I used to carry the crates, you know. I remember on 125th Street run DMC and them came out there. Did one's house and stuff, I was up there, so it's always (laughs) been that situation, man. Just uh, love the music, but uh, it's an art form that truly speaks to the people and speaks about the people in poetry and motion.
0: Mm. And BJ is always about the bars. Uh, that's the one thing I learned very early on with BJ. Yeah. He, he's got no time for nonsense. I tried to play him some some music from today. He's like, "What are they talking about, though?" I'm like, they, "I mean, it's like yeah. they're just talking." And BJ's like, "I need the bars." <laughs> See,
1: I I, I I think I can speak to that. I can't, and it's and no disrespect to the music today yeah, yeah. because that is self-expression, and to each his own. But like B.J. always said, I, I, I say it proudly, I'm trapped in the 80s and the 90s mm. because I remember how difficult it was to be called an MC, an E-M-C-E-E. You couldn't just say that <laughs> and mm. you couldn't walk the walk talk mm. and talk the talk. You know, you had to be fresh to death and you had to be able to have the lyrics. Just like, you know what I'm saying, with New York City, you had to be able to have the lyrics to be able to get the ladies and stuff. Mm. You know, your game had to be tight. So I I understand that, but... Uh, I'm trapped. I'm stuck there. I'm stuck there. It's, it's
0: not a bad place to be trapped, Gerald. I think I think you stay there with the boob bap, and uh, yeah, you're, you're living in a good space. And BJ, uh, we appreciate you sharing your hip-hop song of the day. The people need it. The so, uh... people need it.
2: Eric Oof. B., his president, will be going up immediately mm. following Oof. this. Wherever you at, if you feel yourself in water right now, Tate, what are you supposed to do?
0: You gotta make waves and you gotta press play like Diddy said. So
1: <laughs> when, I just asked one request. When you post that, just 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 post the first ball. <laughs> I came in the door. That's all I want you to post. A quotation. I yep. came in the door. Said it before. <laughs> I never let the mic magnetize me no more. Don't, me do. Sure, not get me started. Now. don't get me started Don't get me started. Don't
2: get not See, he gets hyped. He gets hyped. See, this is what Mike, he, he started fighting. Yeah, he started <laughs> fighting. See, he know I how to get me. I can't hold it back. Hey, hey. See, I he- it, back. Hey. <laughs> it off my throat. You know what I'm saying? Clear my throat. <laughs> Now, you know, some of them have been trying to write rhymes for years. <laughs> I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right there. I appreciate you, my man. It's always great to see you. And uh, be sure, Joe, what can we check you out at? I know you're on Siri. You everywhere, Serious. Yep. You got the thing going the podcast with Rasheed. You got a great podcast with Rasheed and Bonzi. You everywhere, you know. Where, uh, where can we find you at?
1: Oh, uh, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to consolidate my my Twitter, my my actually my Instagram page. Because again, I couldn't find a password, so I created one, and then I <laughs> found that one. But uh, it's interesting because the story behind that is the original Gerald Brown. Gerald Brown is something I think I'm probably gonna keep and stuff, simply because one of my followers on that Instagram page is a great late great fight dog, a tremendous Ooh. sports right. fan and yep. hip hop guy. But I'm at Gerald B L S S. Uh, you can hear me on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Uh, 1 when can a.m. we hear you on that, Drew?
2: When can we hear you on Mad Dog?
1: Uh, I'm actually on Mad Dog Sports Radio uh, Monday and Tuesday, uh, and then sometimes different. So, again, uh, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time out on the West Coast. Definitely look to chime in. And then on Saturdays, actually uh, Tuesdays or Thursdays, uh, I'm on, let's get technical with those two ugly dudes, Rasheed Wallace and Bonzi Wells. You know, got to make them look good, but they ugly dudes. But nevertheless, good dudes. And then Saturday, I got old King Kong Bundy, Bundy fan, old uh, Rick Mahorn. Him and I are on I'll uh, show, the Bottom Line Sports Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBA radio. Man, when do you find time,
2: man? When do you, you the hardest working man. Let let somebody else make some money, man. You everywhere.
1: Hey,
2: no wonder we can't get no ratings here, man. You Um, everywhere. hogging up the the airwaves,
1: man. The bills, hey, the bills always keep coming. But you know what, man? I love what you guys are doing. Big, big fan of yours, Tate and BJ. You know, man, definitely nothing but love for you, man. Uh, Happy you got a little haircut. Look like you got your Easter haircut. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he's he's back. back. (laughs) He's back. He's looking like he's 12 again and stuff. You know, he's looking. Let him know I'm the kid. i trying to convince him to take that. I, he's the only person I know that's hoping his hair goes gray. You know what I'm saying? That's all
2: me. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> he's got to let him know. He's like, I'm wise now. let you know it's going great and you can see the little beard ain't no gray Uh it ain't no gray you know what I'm saying (laughs) hey hey so I'm just letting y'all know you know this is all natural this is all
1: natural you know hey hey. when you turn 18 man it'll definitely come to you yeah Benjamin buttons (laughs) there you go
0: there you go well Jared we appreciate it This has been great and uh again go check out all those shows that Gerald mentioned and uh we appreciate everybody listening to Pushing Through
1: Appreciate you guys. Keep it up, man.